Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. This is your boy, Logan. I hope you are all having a fantastic day today. Uh, before we get started today, as per usual, I will have the link tree uh, in the description down below. Rather, you're listening to this uh, audio-wise or you're listening to this uh, video-wise on YouTube. Um... Uh, please do click on the link tree, follow our socials, mainly Twitter and Instagram, that is where we are the most active, where we upload, um, as you can see, uh, pictures, uh, from behind the scenes of movies and whatnot, mainly Marvel and stuff, of course, um, but we're going to be doing that going forward into the future. Uh, as well, these uh, pictures and whatnot will be available on uh, the Discord. Uh, and the Discord is also linked in the link tree. It's the easiest way to get in contact with me and build the community and communicate with people that are also uh, into the PC Boys podcast and the kind of topics that we discuss. Um, and as well, our merch is available. So if you'd like to support us, it's not so much a financial thing, but rather than to kind of get the word out, um, if people see people wearing the PC Boys podcast merch, essentially piques their interest to watch the podcast. Uh, so if you'd like to support us in that way, uh, feel free to. And last but not least, please subscribe to the main podcast, rather that be on YouTube or uh, following us on whatever platform it is, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. Um, as well as subscribe to, uh, the Rumble channel if you are into, um, you know, me talking about, uh, society, politics, really anything outside of movies and video games, uh, if that is something you're interested in and hearing my point of view on, uh, please do go support that channel as well. It's actually kind of funny, I've noticed recently that, uh, my Rumble channel actually does much better than the main podcast, which I find to be very interesting, considering that the topics that I cover on there, I would say are more geared towards a certain audience. Um, as where this, I would think would be more open to more people, but today we have a lot that we are covering. So we are going to be covering, uh, some of the daredevil, uh, born again, uh, set photos for those of you that haven't seen, uh, the ones that I've posted, I haven't pulled up on my Twitter. So we're just going to go through them, kind of theorize a little bit as to what's going on. We're going to talk about delays, uh, that have been going on with Captain America, uh, Brave New World, as well as the Thunderbolts and giving my opinions on that. Um, uh, as well as talking about, um, Madam Web's opening weekend and, uh, how that's not very shaping up to be very good. Um, but yeah, so we're going to discuss all that, but Let's start with Daredevil Born Again. So as you guys know, this is my most anticipated project next year by far and none. Uh, Daredevil is my second favorite Marvel Comics hero. Um, and then when it comes to his TV series that I watched on uh, Netflix back when I was in high school, I fell in love with the, uh, the series. <laughs> All three seasons were absolutely fantastic. And I recommend anybody to watch them, which they are now uh, on Disney+, Plus, no longer on Netflix, because obviously the rights got reverted back to Disney and Marvel uh, after they were uh, up, I believe, in like 2018, 2019 is when the rights reversed back to Disney. So do go watch that on Disney+, Plus uh, if you haven't uh, yet, uh, to prepare yourself for either Echo, which is also released, and I also have that uh, review up on the channel as well, um, but... Uh, to prepare for Echo, to prepare for Dare Daredevil Born Again, and the future of the MCU street level. Now, uh, I'm going to go all the way back here um, to some of my earlier photos and stuff. Um, so, originally, back on the 
26th of January, we were starting to get some leaked photos behind Daredevil Born Again. Now, we knew that the original version of Daredevil Born Again was more of a legal drama with really no Daredevil in it, and it was essentially thrown away. It was, it was completely uh, scrapped, and they had to restart everything from the ground up. They brought back Foggy and Karen. Thank the lords. Uh, best news I've heard on this project for a long time. Um, as you can see here, this is a behind-the-scenes photo, of course, of Deborah Ann Wool and uh, the actor that plays Foggy. I'm sorry that I don't remember his name. Uh, but, so, of course, they're here. They're all together again. Here we have a picture of White Tiger, our first look at White Tiger, which looks to be a homemade suit for White Tiger. Um... It definitely doesn't look like a high-tech suit or anything like that, so I'm guessing we're going to see the origin of White Tiger in Daredevil Born Again, but we did get, of course, uh, our first look at White Tiger's suit, and I think it looks okay, especially when we're talking about, you know, like a starter uh, kind of suit for any superhero or whatnot. I think it looks completely fine. Uh, I wasn't expecting anything crazy for a first outing. Um, here we have a picture of Nelson and Murdoch, attorneys at law, so this would be Matt, uh, Karen, and Foggy's new office space um then uh in february on february uh, 6 we got our first look at bullseye's new suit which i do like you can see all the different knives that he has on him and whatnot and for those of you that don't know who bullseye is essentially he can throw anything with lethal force and it will kill people like it'll burst through their body and stuff so he could literally throw a pencil at you or a pen and it will just cut through your body like a bullet um so that's essentially um, bullseye's powers. The one thing I, uh, this is a comic-inspired look, um, however, I do find it interesting that he doesn't have the bullseye logo, so I do wonder if they're gonna incorporate that on, like, a shoulder padding on his back or something, and then, of course, we have a new look at Daredevil's new suit, which we will see in, uh, closer, um, in closer detail up here. Um, but, so, these are new, uh, pictures. I put these out today, um, because that's when I, you know, saw them, um, so, of course, we have, uh, Daredevil and Wilson Fist together, um, and this is kind of where, like, some of my major, uh, theories and stuff for this comes into play, um, especially here with Fist can fix it in the hat and stuff, um, I think that what's gonna happen in Daredevil Board again is, as we all know, and we've talked about this many times on the podcast before in discussion of Daredevil and Marvel, that with the street-level side of, uh, Disney and Marvel, that they're gonna have Wilson Fisk be the Thanos of the street-level characters, um, and we already know that, of course, you know, he's gonna be doing, uh, or Wilson Fisk is, is gonna be running as, uh, mayor, and he will win and become Mayor Fisk, which will, of course, hopefully lead into Spider-Man 4, um, we'll talk about that later on in the podcast, like, towards the very, very end, uh, because it's still ongoing when it comes to the discussions about Spider-Man 4, um, but I'll give you my thoughts on what we know so far, um, but as we know, Wilson Fisk is going to be running for mayor, and with these, uh, pictures from the set, it makes it look like that Wilson Fisk is going to have his grip on Matt Murdock very tightly, and he's going to essentially have Matt Murdock be, like, his legal counsel or something to keep an eye on him, make sure he doesn't, uh, sabotage anything that Wilson Fisk is obviously doing, um, as well, on top of that, um, you know, just an overall, 
um, restricting Daredevil and his abilities, uh, as to what he's doing. In the comic books, this has actually happened, too, where Daredevil did work with Wilson Fisk when he was, uh, running for mayor and whatnot, like, that is canon in the, in the comics. In the Ultimate Universe, Daredevil's actually a bad guy who's friends with Wilson Fisk, uh, and, as well as his personal lawyer, um, if you read the Ultimate comics, you know what I'm talking about, um, but, ultimately, that's what I'm getting from these leaked behind-the-scene pictures, which would make a lot of sense to me. Now, obviously, you know, they have to kind of play coy in public about being friendly and stuff, because, you know, if, you know, Matt Murdock is, you know, pretending to like Wilson Fisk and kind of has to to protect his identity as Daredevil, you know, he has to pretend to like him. Um, that's why in, like, some of these different pictures, you see a more serious tone on his face. Like, here, Wilson Fisk and, uh, Matt Murdock have more serious tones on their face, um, like, right here as well. Although, I do feel like maybe this is, like, them not exactly acting and on camera. Um, but, regardless, though, um, <laughs> that's what I'm getting. And now we have Charlie Cox in his new suit. That picture I showed you earlier of his, uh, new suit, that was a stunt double. That was in that picture. This is Charlie Cox in the new Daredevil suit. And I gotta say, I like the new Daredevil suit. I like the red. It's very vibrant. Um, a lot less black and, and darker maroon colors on it, for sure, this time around. Uh, I'm very curious as to what they're going to add here with the um, VFX dots. I'm very curious to see what they do put on him. I do like his helmet, though. I don't know if we can zoom in on this picture more. Um... I don't think I can, but if you look very closely at his helmet, there's like some texturing on the red parts of it. So I'm I'm pretty excited about the uh, the Daredevil look. I, I'm I'm so fucking excited. Like this looks good. Um, very good Daredevil suit. And like I said, it looks like the Netflix suit to a degree, but then it's got some of that Marvel Studios pizzazz to it. One thing Marvel Studios does a very good job at is costume design. What you can say what you want about their scripts, but their costume design is bar none pretty fucking amazing. Um, so they're doing a great job here with Daredevil. But that's all I really want to talk about for Daredevil: Born Again was the, um, you know, uh, behind-the-scenes photos that we got. Clearly, they're gonna have Matt Murdock be working or being under Wilson Fisk, uh, control, uh, for a portion of this series, at least by the looks of the pictures. His suit looks absolutely fantastic. I wonder if Luke Jacobs made him this suit, or if Melvin Potter made him this suit, or if he got it from somewhere else. I would be very, I'm very interested to see about that, because I don't know what they're gonna do with the yellow suit. It appeared in She-Hulk, and as we know, timeline-wise, anyways, the She-Hulk show took place the closest to present day. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to explain what happened to that suit. Um, but time will tell. Uh, and then with Bullseye, there's a talk of him only being in three episodes of the of the series. So Bullseye isn't going to be like a mainstay of the series. He's just going to appear in a few episodes, which is completely fine. Um, but I'm just happy that they're going with a more comic book accurate uh, um bullseye look than when we saw him in Daredevil Season 3 where he was wearing the Daredevil suit. So I'm very uh, excited to see what they do with uh, Bullseye in this series because he's only in it for, of course, a few episodes. And I'm very curious, too, if that's going to play into the whole Wilson Fisk stuff because Wilson Fisk and Bullseye have some unfinished business uh, as well as Frank Castle and Wilson Fisk has, have, have, has some unfinished business from the Daredevil series. So very curious to see how all that's going to play out. But based upon what I can see, it looks like that Matt Murdock at least in lawyer form, is going to be working for Wilson Fisk. Rather, he's um, contracted to do it. Maybe he made a deal with Fisk not to harm Foggy and Karen, so he'll work for him and help him with legal counsel or whatever it may be. I don't know. But 
Time will tell with the series, but as of right now, I'm really liking what we're seeing from Daredevil Born Again. So a lot of restored hope in this project. When I first heard about the test screenings and what people were thinking about the original script and how it was, it sounded like a terrible show and I was very worried. But now seeing the new Daredevil suit, seeing Bullseye back, the original Foggin and Karen returning, and that cast, I'm excited. It gets my hopes up. Uh, it makes me a lot more excited for the series uh, after the disappointing news that we got a while back with the original version of the show. Because um, in the original version, they were going to kill Karen and Foggy uh, in, um, like, a not a flashback sequence, but they were going to, like, explain that they died off screen, which would have been fucking terrible. But moving on, let's talk about Captain America Brave New World. Uh, so as of you, uh, or anybody that is, you know, kept up with Marvel at all um, should know... Captain America 4 is in a lot of issues, like, troubles right now. A lot of issues is going on. They've had negative test screenings, um, and on top of that, uh, they originally were going to, uh, put a character into the series. Um, and I'm gonna have to pull up the article because I don't know this character personally, uh, from the comics. Uh, if I've seen her, I don't remember exactly what, uh, her name was, so just give me a few seconds here. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. Um... Let's see. Do do do. They did get rid of, uh, or they are recasting Century. By the way, that that's another thing going on with the movie. Um, because Stephen Young from Walking Dead, he was gonna be playing Century, and they did uh, end up um. Oh, no. Hold on. I got the wrong article up. That, that explains a lot, actually. Um, here it is. Okay, sorry. I had the Thunderbolts pulled up. My bad. Uh, but yeah, they are replacing Sentry for Thunderbolts. Um, Steven Young's no longer going to be playing the character. Um, okay, where's the character that I'm looking for? Uh, Sabra. So, Sabra, what I know of her is that she is a Israeli superhero. And now they're removing her character because of real-world events to not make people upset. Um, so that's one of the major changes that they're going through. Uh, they changed the name, which we obviously know. The New World Order thing would have made a lot more sense for the comics because obviously, you know, when you talk about, like, Hydra and stuff, like, the New World Order makes a lot of sense because there is, like, a version or a universe of Marvel where Hydra is, you know, like, the running force of government and stuff. Um, but on top of that, they've had to do a lot of reshoots, uh, for the movie, um, as well as having to scrap complete storyline, um, pieces, uh, as well. Um, so ultimately, when we talk about this movie in particular, it's just going through a lot of issues from having to reshoot things, remove things from the scripts, removing characters because of real-life events and stuff. Um, and ultimately, that's kind of what the major issues are for this film. Um, which is why, of course, it also got delayed, as you know, by um, the... Hollywood strikes that happened, the SAG-AFTRA strikes, that's another reason that they ended up delaying the movie, but on top of that with negative test screenings and stuff like that, like I said, with the script and with characters and stuff, they've had to rewrite things, reshoot things, um, and ultimately it's going to be 
it's going to be very different than what the original version was. Um, as Daredevil Born Again is, but I would say the main difference between the two is that this is going through more of a development hell, I guess you could say, than Daredevil. Daredevil went through development hell in the sense where, like, they just wrote a really bad product. This is like they're replacing characters, having to take characters out, put characters back in, um, as well as having to rewrite things and reshoot things. So that's a lot of the major issues going on with uh, Captain America now. Now, obviously, this movie's going to be more political, which they mentioned here, but we kind of knew that going into this, that this was going to be more politically-based movie. I mean, when the original name of the movie was called New World Order, like, obviously, that was going to deal with a lot more political, um, you know, standings and talking points and whatnot, which makes a lot of sense um, as to why that's going to happen. Now, um... As I was talking about earlier, Sabra, they're going to be getting rid of her character because she is uh, Israeli. Um, and that's due to the Israel-Hamas conflict. Um, but yeah, so ultimately, that's a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the stuff going on with Captain America right now. They just had a bad uh, test screening. They're basically rewriting, reshooting things, removing characters because of real-world events. And that's ultimately what's going on with Captain America Brave New World. And, of course, after the saga, after, after Strikes, they had to, you know, delay the movie anyways. So, all in all, though, there hasn't been a lot of good news coming from this film. That's the scary part. Um... I know that Bob Iger recently said that they're trying to focus on more mainstream characters, which would include Captain America. Um, so, obviously, they're going to great lengths to try to, you know, redo everything here. But, ultimately, at this point in time, Captain America 4 is not in a good spot. Now, that brings us to the Thunderbolts, which this movie is also going through a lot of development hell right now when it comes to script writing and whatnot. So... Recently, there's been a lot of rumors going around that they were delaying or canceling the Thunderbolts. Now, I will not lie, I did tell one of my friends today, before I even read this article, that they were either delaying the Thunderbolts or canceling the Thunderbolts. And the reason why this topic came about and why there was some validity is the fact that Bob Iger and Disney removed the Thunderbolts from their release schedule of next year. Because originally this movie, if I'm correct, was supposed to come out in July of next year. Oh, it says it right there on the article. Okay, so I was right. It, it, it um, It's getting uh, put out July next year. Um, and as of right now, the plans haven't changed. But here's my question. If plans haven't changed... Why remove it from the release schedule? The only time you see things removed from the release schedule is if they plan to either scrap a project or delay a project. Now, for those of you that don't know, the show Ironheart, starring uh, or, or you know bringing in Riri Williams as like a big part of the MCU, uh, she obviously debuted in uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, but this is like her main show. Her show has been done for over a year now. And it's not supposed to get released either till next year or 2026. And her show's already done. There's a good chance that that show could get scrapped too. Depending on if they think it's going to make money or not. Disney's already lost a lot of money with Marvel projects that haven't exactly hit the ground running. So, there have been very few Marvel projects uh, uh, post-Avengers um, Endgame that have done very well. 
at least on, on the standards of what Marvel used to be. And I know some people are going to say the pandemic, but the pandemic can't be used as an excuse anymore. We're, we're, at, we're post-pandemic now. Like, things should be starting to be normal again. Um, but yeah. So, when it comes to this movie, um, on top of, like I said, uh, having to deal with um, the SAG after strikes, just like Captain America... Um, and everything being pushed back and stuff, now they're not even on the release schedule. And I find it funny that, uh, Screen Rant here is saying that the rumors of cancellation and delays surrounding Marvel's Thunderbolts are unsubstantiated. Which, I don't understand how that's unsubstantiated. When you remove a film or project from a release schedule, that says something is happening with that project. Maybe it's not being canceled, but if not canceled, delayed, or reshuffled, or something. Maybe they're moving it up. Maybe they're moving it back. We don't know. But apparently, Bob Iger said that the uh, release, or, or the fact that they removed it from the release schedule doesn't mean that it's going to be canceled, but that they, they were just focusing on more well-known franchises and not mentioning other films that were less relevant. Well, that makes no fucking sense. And let me explain to you why that makes no sense. Now, the talking about, right, the bigger Marvel heroes like Spider-Man, Captain America, Doctor Strange, stuff like that, Thor, that makes sense. Yes, that part of the quote makes sense. But here's the thing. You have put hundreds of millions of dollars into creating the Thunderbolts, into creating other Marvel projects. She-Hulk, by the way, if any of you don't know this, was the most expensive Marvel Studios project that they had made. It was a very expensive series, okay? The most expensive series. And they lost a lot of money on that show. They put hundreds of uh, millions of dollars into this, okay? Talking $150 million, over $200 million budget. Most Marvel movies, I would say, are over $200 million budget most of the time. And you're telling me that you don't want to publicize and advertise a film that you put hundreds of millions of dollars into. That makes no sense from a business perspective. Sure, you can advertise bigger name characters more than the lesser known characters, but if you've already invested a lot of money into creating a movie or a series, in this case, a movie, why would you not advertise it going forward? Do you not want people to spend money on the movie, to watch the film? That's what I'm saying. The fact that they say it's unsubstantiated, Screen Rant says it's unsubstantiated to think that this movie's either getting delayed or just completely outright canceled, is ridiculous. They removed it from the schedule, and Bob Iger saying they want to, you know, sweep it under the rug. Oh, we're just talking about the big name characters. Which is a smart move, but you've also spent hundreds of millions of dollars on this film, and you need to promote it and make your money back on it, at least break even. So why would you just not talk about it anymore, unless they're going to cancel the film, write it off, and get tax cuts, right? For those of you that don't know, right, or, or just take a loss on the movie, and uh, absolutely. When it comes to Hollywood, Disney did this with their Disney Plus series, right? They would remove stuff from Disney Plus, get tax write-offs, Okay? Maybe with the Thunderbolts, they might be doing that. I don't know. 
I'm not a legal expert, okay? So don't come to me for legal advice. But my guess is as to what they're going to do with the Thunderbolts, no matter what screen Rihanna is saying here, is either they're going to delay the film, move up the film, because that would be another reason that would explain why it's not on the current sheet, but I would say that's probably the least likely, cancel the film, and if they cancel the film, either they're going to take a complete loss on the film, or try to use it as like some tax write-off to get some money back on the loss of that investment. That's my guess. One of those three options is what's going to happen. Okay? I doubt that this movie is going to release in July of 2025. I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't think it's unsubstantiated at all. If they removed it from the release schedule... And Bob Iger's basically saying, well, we're not going to mention it at all because it doesn't matter. That says that they might be canceling the project, if not delaying it. That's it. Or shelf it, I guess. I mean, that's another po possible option they could do. Like, I'm not sitting here saying I know what they're going to do with it, but I have a few ideas as to what they might do. And based upon the information of, like I said, him trying to sweep everything under the rug and... Taking it off the release schedule, that's what that tells me. Because there's no way you're putting a movie out that you're not going to advertise, right? You're not pulling a Blue Beetle. I, I would think Marvel would be smart enough to not pull, pull a Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle was a good movie, by the way. But they didn't market that movie at all. And granted, they had some restrictions to marketing that movie because of the SAG after strikes. But with the Thunderbolts, they don't have that excuse. Those strikes aren't going on anymore. So you need to promote that movie. And if they do release it in July of 2025, they're clearly chalking this up as a complete loss already. So, um, yeah. Very interested to see how the Thunderbolts plays out, in my opinion. Uh, I just, I just have a hard time believing that they're going to release it in July of 2025, not advertise it, not talk about it, and just take it off the release schedule. All of those things point to either scrapping the project, shelving it, you know, writing it off to get some, like, tax cut, like, or, or delaying it. That That's what that points to. All of those options is what it points to. It doesn't point to a release. Now, they said Blade was released off of that, too. Blade is also another movie that's been in huge development hell. As much as I love Blade, and as much as I want to see Blade, there's a possibility that that movie could get scrapped, too. So, we'll just have to wait and see. But if they are taking this route of essentially um, not talking about it, or not focusing on it, then the movie's not going to do very well, because it's just not going to be advertised. Alright, ladies and gents, this leads us to our second to last topic of the day, which Spider-Man will be the last topic, and we'll talk about that. Madam Web, okay? Now, Madam Web is currently projected to be Sony's worst Spider-Man movie when it comes to opening weekend. Right now, the estimated money or box office take of Madam Web is between 25 to 35 million dollars. Now, if I'm correct, they made this movie on like a 90 million dollar budget. 
something very cheap. Some, something like 90 million. Let me look that up. Because I don't want to lie to you guys. So I'll look it up. Alright. Hold on. Mad. Um, oh, jeez. I forgot to put a D in there. Sorry, guys. I'm illiterate. And my computer's slow. Web budget. I think they said it was around like 90 million or something. Um... Wow, Bing, you really didn't fucking help out at all. Um, let's see, Madam Web box office predictions. Nope, that's not what I'm looking for. This should be simple stuff. Okay, 80 million. My bad. I was off by 10 million. So $80 million to make this movie, which means making $35 million opening weekend is not bad, okay? For for that cheap of a production budget price, I mean, obviously, it's not including marketing costs, which will obviously put it well over $100 million. Um, That's, you know, you can make that money back, I would hope. But yeah, it's not looking good. $25 to $35 million opening weekend is pretty bad. Now, guys, this is going to make that, that number look a lot worse, okay? Morbius's opening weekend was $39 million. More, guys, Morbius didn't even make $200 million. Okay? It made $39 million, yeah, $39 million opening weekend. Madam Web, at its highest estimate right now, is $35 million. So even if Madam Web, according to estimates from analysts... If it were to make its high end, it still makes less than Morbius's opening weekend. That's fucking bad. The fact that Morbius got more hype and interest than Madam Web is, in my opinion, it's crazy. Because at least Madam Web is a spider person. Morbius is not. I am excited for Madam Web. Not because I think it's going to be a good movie, but just because Sony Marvel movies tend to be like fun cheesy, ridiculous, over-the-top, nonsensical movies. And I have a soft spot for that kind of film. Um, it's why I actually enjoy more Sony Marvel movies than Marvel Studios movies, because the way that I, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, the way I grade a Sony Marvel movie and a Marvel Studios Marvel movie are vastly different. Marvel Studio movies, I put on a pedestal, and they have to have certain criterias met. Sony, on the other hand, can just make an entertaining movie, and it's good for me. But this is not good for Madam Web. As much as I'm looking forward to Madam Web, and I know, I know there are guys out there that are like, it's just another feminist movie, and it's gonna fucking suck. It's like, listen, female superheroes, I don't have a problem with. As long as you write them well, or make them entertaining, or relatable in some aspect, then it's fine. It's when you make them preachy, or they have no flaws, or they're just a dickhead to everybody around them, that's when I don't like them. Uh, or female characters in general. It's about how you write any character right? I've been watching The Boys lately. The Boys is an amazing series. There are many characters in The Boys that are very complex, right? You have Queen Maeve, right? She's a part of the LGBTQ community. Me, I'm a Christian guy. That's not something that I subscribe to. However, I love her character. She's very relatable. She's very, um, you know, charismatic. You can really feel for her character and the things that she has to do or has gone through. 
Um, especially being a superhero basically con uh, controlled by a whole corporation that's running your life and, you know, the public optics and everything. Um, it makes the character very relatable. Starlight, a lovable character as well. I love Starlight's character, right? Like, all the female characters that I've met so far in The Boys, I mean, outside of, uh, Stormfront, because, you know, she was a Nazi, um, I, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed every character in The Boys. Male, female, doesn't matter. They're written well, they're very complex, right? And at the end of the day, that's what you need, right? And the boys deals with some very dark shit, political shit, societal shit. And the boys is a very well done show. It's a very good series. But Marvel, on the other hand, they take the whole aspect of writing female characters, right? In the boys, you have strong female characters, because they're relatable, because they do have um, flaws, because they do have insecurities, they have their own issues and struggles, and they fight through them, right? And you actually enjoy the hero's journey. You can relate to them. Rather you agree agree with what they do or what they support is completely out of the you know discussion because of how they're written. But you look at Marvel's movies and, and how they write their female characters, there is no hero's journey. For the most part. There is no charismatic, you know, way of looking at them. Outside of Wanda Maximoff, Black Widow, Florence Pugh's, um, you know, Yelena, and even, uh, uh, you know, Miss Marvel and Kate Bishop, right? There are good female Marvel heroes. But, unfortunately, I would say they're very few and far between... And the ones that are good are more side characters, right? I would say out of all the characters that I just listed, Miss Marvel actually had a show dedicated to her. Kate Bishop did too, but it was also shared with Hawkeye. Um, and then Black Widow was mainly a side character until her one movie, which came at the worst time possible because her character was dead, and it took place in the past, and it was after Endgame. <laughs> but... Most of the female characters in Marvel are not main characters, for the most part. The good ones, anyways. They're side characters, or very few of them have their own, like, designated story. And then the ones that do get, like, their own movies and, you know, their own storylines and, like, the whole spotlight, they're just unlikable. She-Hulk? Very unlikable. M Captain Marvel? I don't dislike her as much as I used to, but still not the most likable character out of, out of the bunch. And it's about the writing. They Like I said, Marvel has good female heroes. They're just side characters, though. They aren't really a part of their own movies. Black Widow got one, but well after she should have. And I wanted a Black Widow movie way before we got one. And like I said, I love Kate Bishop. I like Miss Marvel. Obviously, love Black Widow. Loved Wanda Maximoff. But Wanda, same thing. She was a side character throughout her entire time in the MCU. There was, outside of the WandaVision show, she was basically a side character. I guess you could say she was a main character in Doctor Strange as well, but that was a Doctor Strange movie. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? There wasn't like a Wanda Maximoff movie, right? Or a Kate Bishop movie. That, that's what I'm talking about when I say like they're side characters, like they're sharing the spotlight with somebody else. They don't just have their own dedicated movie where they are in the limelight, right? 
Like with Captain America. Yes, Black Widow was in Captain America too, but the movie was called Captain America. So that's what I'm trying to say is like in the name, right? Like having their own title, their own spotlight movie or show. But Marvel most of the time gets all these things wrong because they write their female characters most of the time with this, oh, I'm better than everybody, I have no flaws, and everybody around me is an asshole or they're incompetent, right? And most of the time that just happens to be guys. Um, and it makes me dislike all of those portrayals. But then you go to something like The Boys where they're dealing with really dark shit, real life issues, but yet the characters themselves are very relatable. They're very likable. And I think if Marvel wrote their heroes, male and female, like how the boys writes their characters, then it would be very different with how they proceed, you know, everybody. I'm going to be watching the Marvels at some point soon on Disney+, Plus because it just came to Disney+, Plus, and I'll give you guys my opinions on that briefly. Um, like I said, I look forward to Iman Vellani's uh, Miss Marvel in the MCU going forward. I think she's a really good character, a really good personality. Um, it's just Captain Marvel, I don't really, like, I, I just, I'd never have cared for her character. I mean, she's not She-Hulk bad, but still, it's about the writing. You gotta write a character in a way that I can love the character. Even if I disagree with the character, if you can write them in a way where I sympathize with them and empathize with them, that's what you want to have. Because then I will like to watch that character, even if I disagree with them. Like I said, in The Boys, there are characters I disagree with, but they're written in such a way where you like to watch them on screen, you can understand their character motivations and why they do what they do, and it's not just like a template of what you would think somebody's like. But, Madam Web, though, I hope the movie does better than 35 million opening weekend. I, I hope the movie does much better in general. This movie is no longer connected to Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Originally, they were going to make it a part of the Tasm universe and reveal that baby Peter Parker is Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, but then the writers of this movie, who also wrote Morbius, fucked everything up, so they had to go back and reshoot everything and take out all the Spider-Man references that were in the movie, which is unfortunate. I'm still excited for Madam Web. I think it'll be a very fun time. Uh, ultimately, I just, you know, I hope that it's... At least an entertaining film. That's all I hope. Just for an entertaining movie. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for the podcast this time. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, sorry to get on a little bit of a rant, of course, at, here at the end, uh, talking about, um, you know, the whole, like, how they're writing female characters in Marvel. I'm just very passionate about Marvel. I love Marvel. I want to love every character that I'm seeing on screen. So, obviously, when you get to an Avengers movie... Everything that happens with that character is meaningful. The unfortunate reality is we live in a day and age where characters are written to fill certain roles and not really be anything but that, right? Like, for instance, okay, we need a gay character. We need a black character. We need a indigenous character. Whatever. They're just there to fill a role. They're not written in a way where you can empathize with them and connect to them, despite either disagreeing with what they think or what they believe, or just not being able, I guess, to under like to understand their background because maybe you were raised differently. But it's the writing. It's not the character themselves. It's not who's acting. It's the writing. I always have an issue with writing characters that are not relatable. You can take a character that 
nobody would relate to and make them relatable. You can bring them more down to earth. You can. But, I did say I was going to talk about Spider-Man before I left. And what we know so far. So right now, Marvel and Sony are battling everything out with Spider-Man. Trying to figure out what direction to take Spider-Man 4 in. Marvel wants to do a ground-level Spider-Man movie. Right? Kingpin hiring people to go after Spider-Man, to go, well, to go after vigilantes in general, Spider-Man being one of them, um, and Spider-Man teaming up with ground-level, you know, heroes like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Punisher, etc., to fight against Kingpin, right? That kind of story is what Marvel is advocating for. That's the story I want. I want Daredevil and Spider-Man to appear with each other. And just have a normal movie of Peter Parker doing friendly neighborhood Spider-Man things on the ground level. Sony, on the other hand, wants to bring back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and do another multiverse movie. I understand that that hasn't appealed to it. And I understand that that would be awesome. But Tom Spider-Man needs to have his own story in the MCU without any other big faces. And have it be a grounded Spider-Man film. Not to mention another movie with Toby and Andrew this soon would ruin what No Way Home was for me. And we already know that they're probably going to return for Secret Wars as well as the old X-Men and whatnot. Which I think bringing Toby and Andrew back for Secret Wars is the better idea to have them return to Marvel is in that film. Not in another Spider-Man movie. So that's what's going on right now. Marvel and Sony have two different, you know, um, future visions for what they want to do with Spider-Man in Spider-Man 4. And they're trying to hash it, hash it out. Figure out what they're actually going to do. But ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for you guys. Actually, this time. Um, thank you very much for listening. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, follow me if you're uh, wherever you're listening to this, if you're listening uh, via audio. Um, I hope you all enjoyed. And if you guys are interested in Rumble, my Rumble channel, and what I'm going to be talking about next on there, we will be discussing the fact of how Nikki Haley literally lost to nobody in the uh, Republican primaries. That's a pretty funny story. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin and uh, how that went, my thoughts on it, uh, kind of that whole thing. Um, and like I said, obviously it's not for everybody. Not everyone cares about what my opinions are and stuff and that's completely fine uh i'm just mentioning that if you happen to watch both my channels or maybe you want to dip your toes into my other channel and just kind of see what it's about and whatnot then you can um but i will warn everybody though if you are somebody who is um on the left side of the aisle with your opinions or what you believe you might not like my rumble content because i am a person that i would say is conservative and on the right um but I figured I'd let you guys know that because if you just want to listen to me talk about Marvel and all that other stuff, then just stick to this. Um, but if you do have any interest in the other channel, do check it out and support it. Uh, that, that'd be great. I'm not here to make people mad. I'm here to entertain, talk about what I'm passionate about, give my opinions on things. But at the end of the day, we are on the internet and people will find a way to be mad about something, even if that's not your intent or if that's not what you're trying to do. But hope you all have a good day. And catch you all in the next one.